the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Ready? It's time for Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. Two hours of gardening facts and fun with Dr. Jerry Parsons and Dr. Calvin Finch. To be a part of the show, call 308-8867. That's 308-8867. Or toll free at 866-308-8867. And now, live from Millburgers Landscape and Nursery at 1604 and Bulverde Road, here's your host, Milton Blake. And welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas on 9:30 a.m. The answer. Uh, we're here live at Mill Burgers at 1604 Amboverde Road, and we'd love for you to come on by and visit with us in person, or you can call us at 210-308-8867. Tell us what's going on in your gardening world. Uh, do we want any fire firebush reports? Or you're pretty uh, convinced that you, yours is blooming. Just starting, though. Just starting? Oh. Yeah. Not like the one at the library. No, that one looks really yeah. great. I, it you took dri- me a while to identify what it was. It was so full. If you drive by Blooms. the Brook Hollow Library, you'll see a beautiful firebush over there. Yep. Yeah. And, um, Several years old, I imagine. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Well, mine's pretty old, too, but mine's in a, a container, and it's been frozen back and <laughs> and had a tough a tough summer this year. With the, yeah the heat but they uh, of course heat and dry won't put them to uh-uh. down they'll just might it just slow them down better <laughs> you know uh, when we when we found firebush or uh, introduced to us by uh the late he's late Nelson. He's passed. Everybody, okay. everybody. Is. everybody I'm telling you. That, that makes me nervous, Milton. <laughs> if Jerry mentions you in a story, Calvin, yeah. get on your phone, check the obituaries, make sure you're still with us. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Willie showed showed me that uh, firebush in front of his nursery that they used to have down there. And uh, I said, of course, I was not blown away by that thing. Because it was full, like the ones in front of the library. Yeah. And I said, why don't you sell those things? He said, I could sell every one I could get rooted. Yeah, and that was the key, huh? Get rooted. Well, he's talking about (laughs) a guy that believes that he can root almost anything. Uh What? (laughs) Look in the the pink ruelia. That's a special kind of Ruelia. Oh, yeah. I <laughs> uh, don't want Tracy that. Hi, rat. It's just a mouse. A rat. It's oh, is a it? Rat. Oh, okay. Where's our cats? Where's yeah. Our cats? Yeah, where's the cats when you need them? <laughs> All right. 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. But anyway, he said he couldn't root them. Oh. Which, which is... Which was a... Uh, Unbelievable statement for Willie Gentry. Yeah. Because he used to ride in the Express and work for Allers Nursery. He knew what, how to root plants. But uh, the problem he was having was 
taking the cuttings too late oh. in the fall. And they're, they're held to root in the fall huh. late, late because they, and a lot of plants are like that. That's interesting. He, he had shut it down. <laughs> he, he's tried everything. And uh, we've, we've got a t- uh, paper, a, a research paper on plantanswers.com under the uh, uh, superstar uh, plants where uh, Dr. Tim Davis, he's still alive. Okay, wow. Good for you, Tim. <laughs> Dr. Davis, you go. Hey, he's moved on, though. I just He didn't want to be too close. That's to right. Right. Uh, but he did a, a research study and found that uh, only... It, that it can only root them in in the fall with the bottom heat, artificial bottom heat. Oh. And so, uh, but the way the commercial people root them around here, uh, the, uh, the growers, uh, is that they take cuttings in the spring when they first come out. And that's what we would furnish them from the original cuttings that we had over at uh, a greenhouse and uh, that's that's what we would use we would cut them back to the ground every fall every, yeah every fall and uh, or either run over them with a truck yeah well i think that was the one that you recommended yeah. running over with yeah the truck. absolutely because yeah after, after they go dormant well, I was with him one time when I thought oh, when he was, I thought he was joking, uh, yeah. uh, but, but he didn't. I should have known better. He just hey, into the into the plot he went. And. Yeah, but the problem with it is they're 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 so thick, the stems are so thick when they die, uh, they clog up the truck. You can't keep rolling. Oh, so, oh really? Wow. Uh, yeah, it stops the truck. So, uh, but now, but then we started using a front-end loader with those big tires and run them back, run it back and forth over. Well, we were ma- we're making this sound like a terrible plant, but uh, it's, it's not. It's, <laughs> no. it's not. It's easy to easy yeah. to prove. Yeah, it just snaps yeah. right off of the ground. Yeah, and, and it's. Then, uh, and then I remember mine being it was in a container, and then this this was normal, but it's like everything else had come back. Oh and, yeah, and you were just waiting and waiting. It's like it's never coming back, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, boom! And it, once it comes back, and the temperature gets hot, off it goes. <laughs> and it's an, another one of those. Uh, you know, we've been talking a lot about uh, the pl- uh, the plants that the pollinators like. And they really like the uh, firebush too. It's not not as big on butterflies as the bees and the hummingbirds, but yeah, it sure is. On the my well, we've all, we've talked about for years about how attractive it is to the migrating hummingbirds. Yeah, and they yeah. do battle every fall, <laughs> good nature battle. Well, you you know why it's attractive to the hummingbirds, don't you know? Why? Because the pollen. You look at the the flowers, tubular. Yeah, so it's so easier. So they have to stick their little proboscis down in there, and and I I just. Hope and pray that it doesn't have any hummingbird beak mite. Yeah, that would, because uh, you, if you look at hummingbirds, watch a lot of hummingbirds very often, you see 
you see that they're scratching their little beaks. Oh. Yeah. I didn't even notice that. Well, somebody told me in court you, and, and you believe them. <laughs> well, I, I took note of it, but there was nothing I could do to relieve the scratching of the uh, beak mite, hummingbird beak mite. You know, another, I guess that's related to that <laughs> hummingbird uh, mite, beak mite, but, but uh, <laughs> uh, we've overlooked the fact that hummingbirds uh, will eat insects, too, quite often. Will. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they'll be... They'll be after insects, uh, and uh, the fire bush is a good source. Yeah. Things like, uh, I guess like aphids and real small um, uh, insects are targets. Yeah, the inventor of the uh, topsy-turvy planter, he he, he he invented stuff, and uh, he he invented the topsy-turvy, the upside-down tomato growing thing and uh his last invention he was going to put on the market he's passed <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry man. it's okay <laughs> but anyway i think people understand now that you're telling a story <laughs> anyway his last invention was going to be uh something that would attract bugs insects and they would die. They would kill them, and uh, the hummingbirds would feed on them, even more so than they do the feeders, almost. Huh? Because they have to have insects to to live. Protein. You have protein. Raise, raise their young. Okay. But, but uh, he never. Gosh, they, you know the. Uh, we've had. Uh, several years when the uh, gardeners have been uh, wondering where where all the hummingbirds are yeah, going. Yeah, no. this this year they're they're here, <laughs> and they're, they're kind of surprising. They make it's really kind of unpredictable because you th- you think of a how dry it is, and uh, you would think that there's a, l- a lack of blooms, or yeah. certainly hard to find water and things <laughs> for them. But they're if you do, maybe that's part of it. If you do have a hummingbird feeder. If you do have blooms that are attractive to them, like the firebush, yeah. you'll get them. They're yeah. there. The, I saw a hummingbird yesterday. I didn't get to point it out to y'all. Visiting every one of those shrimp plants. You know, to me, oh, that, yeah. <laughs> the, that, that shrimp plant uh, doesn't look like it has many blooms. But uh, he that, that hummingbird was uh, visiting every one of those. It's got little blooms that are open yellow one and uh he was visiting every one of those so it must have a pretty good nectar source yeah i think if i and uh what is the uh let's see the shrimp plant and and then what is the the other plant about the same size that uh grows in the sun or shade fire uh fire spike no not fire spike tau turks cap Oh yeah, yeah, Tur- yeah. Turks cap's another one that will surprise you. Sometimes you, uh, you th- there's n- no action on it until it starts booming. Sometimes late in the season, and then 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 hummingbirds <laughs> go pouring yeah. into that one too. Yeah. They, uh, you may wonder, well, if if they have to have a long proboscis mm-hmm. to uh, feed on that on the uh, firebush. How do the bees do it? 
They don't have a long for biscuits. And how do they do it? <laughs> there's a bit, there's a bee that Paul Cox used to encourage me to do TV on. Oh. Called a raper bee. A rapier. Raper. Raper. Th- what? <laughs> I think it, it's R-A-P-I-E-R, rapier? Like a sword? Yeah, maybe okay. so. Okay. But anyway, they enter, they have a small proboscis too. Some, sometimes you can utilize if you have a small proboscis melting. Mm-hmm. You can just, add, uh, you just can, move right on. Oh, okay. yeah, keep telling us about. So the bee rips the uh, the bloom <laughs> rips at the bloom at the bottom to get the uh, to get the nectar, and then intercepts. Uh, and then honey honey bees come and use that rip or that uh, entrance. Oh, okay. To get the, I can't help but believe that it really offends the hummingbirds when those bees do that. You know. <laughs> this is this is plant evolved to yeah. have that long yeah. uh, 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 cone there for for me to take advantage of, and there you are. <laughs> bee, you're ripping it apart. Huh? Well, uh, bees take advantage of it. and uh, But not nearly as uh, classically. Oh, okay. That's true. That's true. And the bees don't have to hover. I was telling uh, my son Jeremy about uh, your picture that you took accidentally of the, oh, yeah. uh, of the hummingbird. And I think I got that on the web, internet. I think the so. Website. And the, the hummingbird flying backwards. You, and he got a vortex. Yeah, the vortex was what... That was unbelievable. Yeah, that was... It wasn't accidental so much it was your camera because it was digital and it was a nice camera yeah basically just held the button down oh you shot multiple yeah and then one of those was that but that that was an interesting picture that proves that the hummingbirds can fly backwards i guess that's the only bird that can fly backwards right I would, be, I would be careful, yeah. Yeah, be careful. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm being careful as I can no, be. No, I, I was trying to think of if there were. There, there's some where the hummingbirds don't. Um, oh, in Africa where there's not any hummingbirds, there's, there's some of those nectar eating, oh. and I don't know if they fly backwards or not, but they have a lot of the same <laughs> motion. Yeah. Uh, but uh, they're not. Well, in, hummingbirds are not in Africa. No, they're in the rainforest, though, aren't they? They're in the uh, South America. Yeah, that's where mostly the, in that's South where America. The beautiful hummingbirds. Yeah, are. yeah. But if you yeah, if you go to South Africa, then you then there's a, a, a I think another population of birds that have the that take that go Same after the ne- nectar and the okay. pollen. Yeah, and just as an attra- just as attractive as the hummingbirds and. Yeah. And uh, really uh, fun to watch. Yeah. I need one of those. Just y'all could take me back and forth what to the that car. little baby? Yeah. No, the little cart with the, no. the roof on it. That would work. Yeah, we, you I could would t- break the wheels. Somebody would have to pull you, though. Yeah, I know. Y'all wouldn't pull me from the car? To well, no. we, what about Jerry? Two, it would take two of us. Uh-huh. What if Jerry just got in there and we wheeled him over to the car, wheeled him to the show? That would be nice. I'm sure, yeah. Nice shade. It may shit. come to that. <laughs> <laughs> All 
All right, again, 210-308-8867. I know you guys are really interested. There's some wonderful zinnias over there, Greenland oh. zinnias. Oh, the zinnias? Yeah. Green I'm zinnias? Sick, I'm sick of them. No, no, they're oh, make, mixed colors. But oh. Jerry, Jerry probably like it because they're, there's a number of uh, plants in each of the uh, containers. <laughs> and they look good. And uh, folks said that uh, we're getting pretty close to the uh, oh, yeah. time if you are going to have another zinnia crop. Yeah, you, you need to get if them in let, place. If you let the seed go, yeah, yeah, go to seed and everything. So what, what zinnia seed do we have on the seed rack? Do you remember? Not much. You know, this is the time of year the state of Texas makes all the seeds get picked up. Oh yeah. So okay. uh, not not the answer is not much. What we until hmm. late August, then they start restocking it. They take a, they take all these, and then they bring in the next year's dated seeds. It's a state law. Yeah. Some of our gardeners uh, go ahead and get the, like, Cal- California Giants. Yeah, and yeah. Some of those, they get them a little earlier in the season, so they got them. Yeah. And they need them in the fall. Okay. So we, we did have, we had a really good selection earlier. Do you leave them on the rack before they come? They, they stay on the rack until they come and they count them all. And they take them back and then they give us credit. We don't own the seeds. Oh, they well. own the seeds. They come and they pick up, and then we pay for what we use. Sold. sold. Okay, okay. That's that's one of the reasons we don't have control of what's on there either. So okay. we can make suggestions, <laughs> but they're they they're, pretty, they're they, pretty responsive, though, aren't they? Uh, one of them is. One of them is not. <laughs> well, fifty-fifty ain't bad. We have we have one sales rep that comes regularly. And keeps it stocked under normal circumstances. And then we got one that never shows up, <laughs> except for when it's time to pick up the seeds. Oh, no. Okay. Well, uh, what's going on, Trace? Uh, so I thought of something after the fact. So theoretically, theoretically, we should have a great selection of tomatoes this next week. Oh, good. So we actually got our facts, <laughs> and I actually sent it back uh, within an hour. So I don't think too many people beat me to them. But uh, if you want a great selection, you got to come here because I did my normal thing. I did buy most of them. Good. Did you? Uh, do you want to mention a few of the to get yeah, everybody excited? Let's see. This is theoretical. Twenty-two fifty-five. There was cherry. There was tycoon. There was celebrity. Uh, there was the snapper. <laughs> and that's the all fish. that comes to mind. But there was about ten different varieties. Was that Ruby Crush or uh, BHN nine sixty eight? Negative on that. Okay. But there was 968. No. No, 968? No. I, th- I thought, I th- I'd, when I talked to them, I thought they had ordered a bunch of uh, Ruby Crush seeds. Well, I mean, that, they had Ruby Crush earlier, so maybe they've already oh. moved through them all. Okay. Maybe they Or maybe, maybe they're waiting on They got problem. another place. There could be another good way. I mean, I bought, like, there is no t- no tomorrow. So, just in case they don't have a great selection next week, I bought enough that should last me through next week. Oh, they good. All uh, one gallons or both four and a half? And they only had a couple of one gallons available. Literally, I think nine. Uh, each, huh. Eaches, not varieties. Oh, So, okay. it's going to be four and a half inch pots. So, we got, we got right now we've got uh, Tycoon and Red Deuce in the yeah. one gallon. Yeah. I'm but trying to remember Red Deuce. Red Deuce is... Uh, I guess it resembles a tycoon a bit, but kind of a regular shape and yeah, it's, big fruit. Yeah, it's it's uh, 
reduces uh, a good tomato has been. Uh-oh. Hey, it's, let's it's, oh, go ahead. No, no. Let's take a quick break, and we'll uh, give Trace a moment, and then he'll come back in a second. You're listening to Millburgers Gardening South Texas. We're broadcasting live from Millburgers Landscape and Nursery, 1604 on Bull Verde Road. And this is 9.30 a.m., The Answer. South Texas at 9.30 a.m. The answer, yes, sir. Well, you're, you're, that's okay. You're talking to Calvin. I'm talking to Calvin. Well, you keep talking to Calvin. I'm going to talk about the tree hugger sprinkler. Okay. Okay. I'll talk about it, too. Okay. Oh, well, then i got to bring you up. All right. Uh, listen, if you're looking for a way to uh, water efficiently and effectively, the tree hugger sprinkler uh, is the way to go. We've got them here at Millburgers. They come in three different sizes, 7-inch, 11-inch, 15-inch. And that's important because the purpose is to put them around a tree, uh, and they open up. If they have, kind of have a, uh, a hinge on them. So like these little jaws, they open up, and they, they close around the tree. And you can, there's a little. Sounds vicious. It does sound vicious. Uh. <laughs> but the trees love them. Yeah. Uh, because you can turn it a little bit and water that root ball. Or you can turn it up more and water uh, toward the um, the drip line, too. They do a good job, and it's a great way to water uh, without wasting water, too, because you can uh, water it real, real efficient. Um, check them out here at Millburgers, also at HEB, and you'll uh, find uh, them online at treehuggersprinklers.com, treehuggersprinklers.com, and they're the winner of the 2021 Pinnacle Award for Best New Product. Yeah, I went in and evaluated... Uh all the tree hugger type, uh, yeah, uh, 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 devices that we have here at Melbourne, and the majority of them are made out of that uh, recycled rubber. Yeah, which back we uh, <laughs> we beat that up. Right? That sun kind of yeah, yeah. The sun bothers it, and uh, also our. Uh, Calcium in the water, in, oh. in, in the water, would clog up those because it, it just it bleeds out of pores. It bleeds the water out of little pores, and uh, it doesn't. That, that's my hummingbird back on the. Oh, uh, is he on the shrimp plant again? He yeah. sure is. <laughs> Maybe you remember. You think they remember from one year, one? Uh oh, he's going to the fire bush. Yeah. Oh yeah, I think they do. Do they remember yeah, what it is? They seem it seemed to be you know when <laughs> at how at your house when you've got a hummingbird feeder that seems like the same. It's like they hadn't left you yeah. know. They love in a fire bush out there. He likes that. But uh, anyway, what was I talking about? Uh, oh, you're evaluating different types. Yeah, of. and uh, they they've got several types of uh, hoses and. A little circle like the tree hugger. Yeah, but it's a complete circle. You can't make it grab the tr- grab the tree or around the tree. Yeah, and uh, we've got plenty of the smaller ones, mm-hmm. which I like. Seven inch. Yeah, and uh, it's it's wonderful for uh, new plants, mm-hmm. establishing new plants. In fact. The uh, 
watering authority for this area in yesterday's paper wrote this, even if the young trees or shrubs are watered at the base where the root ball exists, the watering is often not adequate to penetrate and moisten even a small root system. So, uh, I mean, this is from the horse's mouth. So. <laughs> Well, that's what we. Yeah, sure that's one of the issues. Of course, may come by, so you, you better be careful. <laughs> we, you know, with this weather, we've got oh, yeah. a lot of gardeners coming in saying, "Why, why is my lawn not green, and why are my perennials threatened, mm-hmm. and the, the the new shrubs and trees?" And they say, "Well, I and they water every other day, but then you ask them how long, you know, and it's like a five minute uh. or a ten minute." And so you just get a, you barely uh, get the uh, surface wetted. The other the other thing is if you rely, you got to be careful if you're relying on the sprinkler. That it's not very effective with a plant that has a, a root ball. Whereas yeah, the, whereas these these the yeah. they're designed for, yeah yeah they're much easier, much more effective. Yeah, uh, it says ten minutes of hand watering twice a week. At the base of newly planted small perennials may be enough for them, but it won't be enough for newly planted live oak trees, live oak trees, or any type of woody woody plant material, even even citrus. Well, and Mark Mark Peterson addressed that that issue by saying that uh, determine how much water you start with based on the diameter of the plant that you're mm. watering or you're newly pl- planted. So, of course, the the bigger the plant you start with or you're trying to save, the more water you're using. And uh, and then you the frequency makes a difference, but mostly it's that volume and uh, the, yeah. the penetration takes care of the whole root ball. There you go. And they... Uh, uh, the penetration of the root ball is what's important. Are we back on that article again? Huh? Are we back on that article again? Yeah, it's yeah, a wonderful Kevin article. Calvin's article. <laughs> hey, but we got a question. So, But you can find that tree hugger sprinkler right here at Millburgers. Uh, Paul is on the line. He's calling us, I believe, from Lukenbach. So let's go to Lukenbach, Texas now and find out what Paul wants. Hi, Paul. Welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. How are you doing today? I'm good, fellas. Thank you for taking my call. I'm actually in Bernie, Texas, but had lived out in Lukenbach and had got to know some of the old Germans out there, and they told me that that area was very uh, productive in tomatoes in the early years and was curious if anybody knew what heirloom they might have been growing back there. Say what? the Lukenbach was Yeah, effect. what kind of tomatoes would they have been growing back then? When is back then? Oh, 30s, 40s, back when... Uh, their production yeah. apparently. Jerry was around back then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, 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 might have, it might have been one called Homestead or uh, Rutgers. Could have been a Rutgers. If it was large. We occasionally see Homestead still floating yeah, around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we buy out of Colorado, that one's always available. <laughs> okay. So you're, you think it's the Rutgers or the Homestead? I think it's the Homestead. Homestead. Well, that was what I was looking for. I figured if it was an old heirloom from this area, I'd like to try and grow it. Yeah, well. Yeah, I was going to, I was worried that's where he was going with this. Is, <laughs> is it, can he get Homestead? 
I'm uh, sure you can find seed. Uh, yeah. Try Johnny Select Seed. Yeah. Well, that's and, what uh, I figured. We'd have to look in some heirloom.com or something like yeah, that. that John, Johnny, Johnny Select's probably the biggest one around I can think of. Johnny Select Seeds? Yep. I appreciate your time, fellas. <laughs> okay, thank you, Paul. All right, good luck. So remember when we were talking bats? And, yeah. Uh, yeah. So remember they used to have a, a railroad yeah. that would go from Fredericksburg to San Antonio. Right. I wonder, it, I wonder if it went through there, picked up peaches and whatever else uh, out in Fredericksburg, oh. and then came in with tomatoes. It could have. Huh. Yep. Maybe so. <laughs> Makes sense. Well, that's a good tomato-growing area because of the cool nights. So would Homestead have grown well in San Antonio? Uh, the, the, or was uh, there something well, special? Well, back, back in those days, there probably wasn't a whole lot of choices. Yeah, that's right. Oh, okay. And they sold them bare root. I huh. mean, you know, well, not in pots, but bare root. And uh, they'd sell them in bunches. They'd get them in bunches like... Uh, like they do cabbage and broccoli yeah. and well, things I've, like that, bare root. I've told you about remembering seeing them, they came. Tomato plants and uh, flowers came yeah. in the mail. Yeah, in yeah. In a box, and there, there they were, bare root. And uh, uh, I'm, they I'm, work pretty well. I'm tossing the idea of the strawberry bare root thing. So, uh, well, I may, <laughs> I may do strawberries bare root this fall. Yeah, you're, you're looking at me funny, but you know <laughs> well, how, you know how hard it is to get strawberries in the fall. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, I may have to do something like that. Well, they get them. Uh, the, uh, the grower gets them in a bare root form, mm-hmm. and then cuts the roots off so they can fit them in the pot. And uh, we looked at them for we looked at that for years. Uh, some pe- so, some people experts, so called experts. Said that you've got to leave. I thought that was you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it turned out to be. Uh, and the they would say they said if you cut the roots off, it won't be productive. It won't be as productive. Hmm. Uh, but this grower uh, that yeah, growing strawberries uh, at my request, by the way, uh, took took the roots off up to the crown. So they could go in the pot. Maybe that's why we now want to plant them in the fall, so they can. Well, they they plant them, the bare root in the fall too. Right, right. The growers, right. right. The commercial strawberry growers, which there are not many left. But uh, the, we never could establish how much of a difference taking the roots off and leaving the roots on uh, matters. So and you have to take them off in those spots. Right. Well, if I do bare root, then they won't have to take them off. Yeah, that's true. So it's still and a conundrum. I haven't figured yeah. out whether I'm going to do it or yet or not. Like when said, would they come? Uh, Whether for the fall, but September. The fall's probably getting closer. Late, probably late September. Okay. Early October. Well, you can probably count on Milton. You'll buy one to three one. plants. Yeah. No, just one. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so if I remember correctly, the case count was like fifteen hundred. Yeah. What's that? It, I think if I do it, I think I have to buy 1500 Oh, dear. Well, you can. I bet you could talk to the grower. You can count on me buying one. Well, that's, that's, my, you 1400. that's my first plan, get somebody to grow them for me. And then if they, if they don't, then I'll probably go this route. <laughs> they uh, uh, order them out of California. They're cold storage. And so that's why they take off so fast. 
But uh, I bet if if you sweet talk the grower, he gets them in bare root, and so uh, he would package you some up. I imagine. Are well, you? That worked last year, but the year before it did not, and the year before it did not. <laughs> well, <laughs> the uh, life is that way sometimes. Yeah, uh, they have shortages. Like I said, they're in cold storage. They're pulled in the in the spring of California and kept in cold storage until September. And uh, the strawberry growers have to order them a year ahead of time. Interesting. I guess I better start talking to the grower. Yeah, quick. yeah, yeah. I, I, I imagine they they would work a deal on on that. Are you gonna? Just sell them bare root, or are you gonna put them in a plastic bag? Uh, we're not we're not growers. We're gonna we would just sell them bare root and and yeah, put them in like a t-shirt bag for them to take them home. Okay, yeah, that that'll work. You don't want those roots to dry out severely. Uh, I've I've sold bare root fruit trees before, so I remember I remember most of that. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's the, those were the good old days. Well, so I used the word healing in to one of the employees, and they looked at me like uh, <laughs> I was crazy. What are you talking about? You're an old guy. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, that's the way they used to sell all the fruit trees. Yep. I had uh, 1,500 bare root in my back of my pickup when I first started my <laughs> peach orchard. I, I had to drive to Tennessee. I drove to Tennessee and picked them up. And yeah, they produce a lot. Of, yeah. I, mean, I, I, I don't know if that. Maybe there's one grower that grows them bare roots and sells them to orchard people up in East Texas, Upper East Texas. Ellie Cook, I think is who that is. Well, now, Ellie Cook is in California. Okay. Yeah. All right. Did he sell bare roots? Oh, that's where most of the ones from uh, from Wolf came from. Yeah. Yeah, they They were a big operation. And had good varieties. I mean, they had good stuff. In fact, they're they're the ones that I sent wood of Lamanto grape, one of Munson grape, and they put it on there. They started growing, and uh, I think it grew grew brilliant at one time. That was a good Munson grape. So, what else, Trace, is coming in? You know, with tomatoes. Middle of next week. That's big. Uh, any are uh, we? Uh, we got uh, so I got a porter weed. I got a citrus order outstanding. Yeah, uh, we were talking about that yesterday. I I couldn't remember. I thought you said you were getting some more citrus in. Uh, well, there's two. There's a, there's a fall booking, and then he actually showed some stuff available now. So I figured I while it's available, I better take uh, some. Oh yeah. And uh, but they, but uh, no. No uh, Satsuma. Uh, None of the Satsuma? No. Hmm. They, had, they had some other types of Mandarin. They had a Texas Mandarin? No, they had like four, three or four varieties of Mandarin oranges. But, oh. but none of the names I recognized. I had to call David on it. Was, what is okay. this one? Okay. Uh, they, they had names on it. They had names. I don't remember any of them. Okay. Other than... Yamu or something? One of them start with a Y. Okay. I wonder if those are from Louisiana. That's where a lot of they grow the mandarins over there. But uh, I imagine they had that lemon, didn't they? 
That lemon that we like, uh, improved Meyer. It improved Myers. They also had uh, lemon, I can't remember if it was lemon frost or eureka frost. Oh. So if it's eureka frost, it's still a little more cold tolerant than the regular one, but not to, not as much as the, the one that Dr. Lemon, Moy. Lemon frost. Yeah. Okay. By the way, he didn't name that. He wouldn't name it until after he was absolutely sure that it was going to be a good lemon. And uh, Calvin's uh, a wife and I, some of the other ladies. I thought, I thought it was really an orange that tasted like a lemon. Yeah, it uh, <laughs> it won a strong lemony flavor. Do you remember eating it, Calvin? Oh, yeah. Str- <laughs> uh, the strong flavor was what I remember. Well, that one mm. whiskey barrel over there. They still planted. They moved it over against the fence. But that one is a true lemon frost. Okay. Good. Yeah. Uh, it it didn't it didn't prove. I don't know if it's as hardy as the improved Meyer. We've been getting a lot of uh, feedback on the hardiness of lemon. For uh, Meyer. Yeah, the uh, sneakiness that <laughs> coming back and. I thought it was gone, and now here it is, you know, <laughs> six foot tall. There was a much larger selection of uh, flying dragon rootstock. Really? Ooh. So uh, there was uh, lemons and limes, and there were some some oranges as well. In the, okay. Do you want to dragon. say again what that means in terms of so the advantage? It's, it's a dwarfing rootstock. So if you're growing in a container... Yeah. The container is going to help dwarf it to some extent, but so will the root system, and you won't have to do as much of that trimming back that nobody ever wants to do on them to yeah. keep them portable yeah they uh also if uh if it freezes back and it comes back from the rootstock you'll be able to identify that rootstock real easy because flying dragon it's got thorns on it oh like you wouldn't believe the rootstock does but it doesn't it seldom sprouts a, a sprout from a root rock what happened? Nothing. I was just I was getting my one of my peanut butter. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, anyway, that's good news. That it's uh, got more citrus. Uh, if they if they're selling some mandarins, I bought a bunch of mandarins just because there wasn't any set. Uh, okay. Uh, the, the normal names of Setsumas. I would imagine they'll be good ones, or they wouldn't have propagated. And there was a, there was a huge listing of figs too. Hmm. Is that a right? lot of varieties I'd never heard of? So I also had to call David because <laughs> I wanted to make sure I got either closed eye or semi closed yeah, eye. Yeah. Did it have Louisiana gold and Louisiana purple? Yes. Yeah. That's the color. That's the colors of LSU. Yeah. They had a they had a green one I hadn't heard of, but that he said he grew that. It didn't really change color when it ripened, so you lost less of them to the birds. <laughs> yeah, uh, the birds are still getting at my. <laughs> we found we, we found one. No, that was that was a mustang. That that uh, fruit stayed green when it was ripe, and uh, uh, John Fannick had had it, and. Uh, we were thinking that that fool of birds, but oh. I, th- I think the birds can. The birds that. are tough to fool. Yeah. 
All right, we're going to take a quick break while we got a second. 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. Toll free, it's 866-308-8867. More of Millburgers Gardening South Texas coming up. Live from Millburgers Landscaping and Nursery, 1604 on Boulevardy Road, Milton Glick, along with Dr. Calvin Finch. Dr. Jerry Parsons back in a moment on 930 AM, The Answer. Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 930 AM. The answer, 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867. Toll free, it's 866-308-8867. Calvin's answering a question. Sounds like he's talking about that berm <laughs> yeah. idea. Yeah. For, uh, so water. Now, now's a good time for me to bring up something that you wrote in his column. Oh, okay, yeah. I think this is a confession. A concession? A confession. Oh, a confession. Oh. That even if the young trees or shrubs are watered at the base where the root ball exists, the watering is often not adequate to penetrate and moisten even a small root system. And it's not able to penetrate a dried root ball. Mm-hmm. Once that root ball gets dry, yeah. it's like a cork. Um, ten minutes of hand watering twice a week at the base of newly planted small perennials may be enough for this, but it won't be enough for newly planted live oak trees or anything with a large root ball. Is this is this our expert? Or is this Calvin? This is Calvin. Okay. Reniggin. Well, he's our he's an expert too, but yeah, I didn't yeah. know. The same person you were talking about earlier. The typical 30-minute spray of sprinkler may only penetrate two or three inches in the soil, nowhere near deep enough for a, a root bone. On the radio, I do with horticulture specialist Jerry Parsons. That's you. Millburgers Gardening at South Texas at 9.30 a.m. Hey, they put it all in there. Man. I have been advocating using your fingers... To dig into the soil over a root ball to make sure the root soil is moist two to three inches down. But after more research, yeah. But after more research, I Calvin he didn't dig into research, <laughs> and hearing from area gardeners such as myself. Yes, you're an area gardener. <laughs> But after more research here from Eric God, it's clear to me that the water needs to penetrate the whole depth of the root ball and into the root ball, when he should have said, the whole depth of the root ball to provide enough water for young trees. Now, you know, I was telling Calvin, and I think Trace, too, said, dig in with your finger. I reminded them my, yeah. my trees are planted in solid rock, yeah. rock. and uh, I would break my fingers 
if I tried to dig in there. Well, you, I, I imagine you'd stop. Or, no. or you, would you just keep saying, uh-uh, they told me I right, should do it. Right, right, right. I'm going to keep, give, give me a hammer, Jeremy. Uh, <laughs> I'll get this figure in there. <laughs> anyway, uh, he said, uh, Niels Perry, News Gardening columnist, Niels Perry, believe you soak the root ball if you hand water the problem plants every other day. Uh, Neil is adamant about that. For the first two years. Oh, every other day? Every other day. Wow. I'm adamant about using the uh, wraparound soaker. Right. Uh, The tree hugger. Tree hugger. And what bothers me now, how long long have we been in this drought? Uh, Two months? Seems longer, but maybe it's not. (laughs) But anyway, what officially breaks a drought besides rain? Because we've had rain. Yeah. Does it have to be so? Does that have we haven't had rain, Milton. We have. We've had two tents and. Uh, okay, well that's what I'm asking. So what no, are, what that ain't it. Anything. Okay. Nothing under an inch counts. Okay. People say, but that's better than nothing. No, it's not better than nothing because okay. it thinks you had water to your plants. Dennis will have to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dennis sends it all the time. I know, but I just didn't know what was the official break of uh, saying. Several inches of rain. Okay. Now, what bothers me. We're trying to find out, Trace, what is it, how much rain do you need to officially break the drought? Or is it a certain number of days? or Several over an inch. I think it's not just a quantity, it's a how long. There oh, is that if right? You get, if you get a, an inch in 10 minutes, more of it's going to run away. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What bothers me is uh, some people are slow to pick up on the fact that uh, we're in a drought. Historically, this has been the case. Uh, But once, now that we're two months into this dry weather and people are seeing damage on hollies, especially. Yeah. And that, there's only one thing that really bothers a holly or kills it and causes it to defoliate, and that's drought. It's dryness, okay. Like a what? So let's say some of our listeners and customers finally realize that their plants are in trouble. Now, that's a problem because that indicates that the, that root ball is extremely dry and in a dry soil. So you've got to soak it. You've got to somewhere soak it and hope it'll come back. Many times, a holly won't come back. No. By, by the time you already see the problem, it's, it's too late. Yep. So my wife sent me a thing where Vegas was flooding. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know, a couple of days ago. <laughs> so they got our rain. Did she want to go? <laughs> well, we are going. Uh, what are the odds? Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. Sorry, the, sorry. Uh, I love a good pun. I was I was talking to a, a person in uh, in Phoenix, Arizona, which I always tell the story of how the pavement melts there gets so hot in Phoenix. And I said, "Yeah, y'all are pretty hot out there, aren't you?" She said, "Oh no, we're getting some rain almost every day." And so, and Jeremy, my son, was showing 
the the high that we're on there. Yeah, it was a map. I don't know what where it was infrared or what it was, but it shows a big circle that we're in that's dry, and rain is all the way around the high. And uh, Steve Brown, all of them used to say, "High means dry." So uh, no. the weather, the high, is pushing away any rain that we could possibly get. And the outskirts, like you're saying, Nevada, uh, and when Phoenix, Arizona is getting a lot of rain at this time of the year, mm-hmm. that's unbelievable. Yeah. So, uh, but anyway, getting back to your plants that you plant. Mm-hmm. You, if you want to save them, you gotta gotta wet that root ball. Soak that dry, soak that rhubarb, and I'm I'm believing that that uh, tree hugger sprinkler is the best. Do it, turn, turn it on very low. Yeah, and let it. I'm yeah, I'm getting some, I'm getting some picture. I've gotten some pictures of it, and comparing it to it's it's better than drip irrigation uh, because uh, <laughs> it's putting a higher volume of water. On a on in a way that it won't run off. And I'm going to do my other my tomorrow's my watering day, so okay. I'm going to do my little test. Oh, okay. You heard what my test was, right? No. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I you heard did. you were moving a, moving. Yeah, so I just turn it on a little bit, and then I move it every 15 minutes. So it covers. Yeah. If it covers like three to four square feet, I'm just moving it. I, I'm still trying to figure out when Jerry's going to figure out how to use it to wash his car. <laughs> hmm. It's that a would, slow wash, yeah. but, it, yeah. <laughs> that would take the uh, situation of it being a slow water. I, uh, but if anybody's going to figure it out, it's going to be. Yeah, yeah, you'll, yeah there you go. While, while uh, creating a little bird bath in the back while cleaning the truck, while if you park the truck over your holly, It'll drip down from the... Uh... Yeah, okay. I guess so. All right, He's run over that. enough plants. He yeah. yeah, that's true. But uh, that... Uh, for those people who have waited till the plant is actually showing damage, uh, especially a hollies. I had a picture of a, a customer brought in of a needlepoint holly. Yeah. And I'd say 30% of the leaves were browning on the ground. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, another 50, 60% was brown and staying on the plant. Yeah. And then the remainder it's, still had green stems. It's gone. But it, it, I told her to trim it up. And then you need to evaluate whether or not it's something that you want to mess with the next several years. <laughs> yeah, it's wow. it's not going to come back. They kind of... They'll hang on. You'll have some stems hang on, potentially. But I saw two green stems in the picture. <laughs> um, I hate to kill a plant, but yeah. she needed to just dig it up. When Holly, right. when Holly is uh, showing that kind of symptom, you know, we'd always talk about there's yeah, nothing that seconds. kills us. You know, I have this, I, right. I have the same experience. We're going to come uh, back and find out about Calvin's experience right after this on the end. We're back with Milberger's Gardening, South Texas. Once again, Dr. Jerry Parsons, Dr. Calvin Finch, Milton Glick, and your calls on 9.30 a.m., The Answer. And welcome back to Milberger's Gardening, South Texas on 9.30 a.m., 
the answer, 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867, the number call in with your questions. Did you want to talk about the uh, event coming up? You guys have something with GVST, right? I don't know anything about it. What's that? I don't know anything about it. Oh, okay, never mind. Right. We were, we, what we were talking about was the, yeah. the squirrels and the raccoons and possums and everything re reacting to this weather and... Uh, uh, we, you know, we, we encourage uh, everybody to do the bird baths and put water mm -hmm. out there for the birds. And if you do, if you do that, then uh, put uh, you probably uh, should hesitate to put cat food and dog food out there. <laughs> yeah, there's some of these stories I've been hearing of. The, the, I go open the back door and there's three <laughs> raccoons there standing. Where, yeah, where's the food, you know? And skunks, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they're tough. <laughs> Although, they, they, they learn pretty quickly. I, my Westies and the skunks, are, it's like they, yeah. they don't exist. They don't, they don't co you know, they coexist and don't see each other. <laughs> Maybe the Westies figured out it's better not to see them. Yeah, and, and I think the, the skunk <laughs> says there's probably no future in fighting with the Westie either. The, uh, uh, oh, yeah, uh, you know, I, I water the water, put water in the water feeder every, every morning in the water fountain. And uh, yesterday I missed putting some water in it, uh -oh. so it dried up. Yeah. And I looked out and... Uh, mainly attracting uh, a couple of uh, white-winged doves. And so I didn't put the water in there, so they were so pissed at me, they came down and drank out of the pet bowl. The, yeah. The cat-watered bowl. And, then, and uh, they flew off, of course, when I opened the door. But uh, they, they were thirsty. Mm. They're, they're, they're good water wherever they can get it. That's right. It's a it's a tough situation, but it's a you know it's an advantage too if if you're a gardener and you're also interested in uh, seeing mm -hmm. some of the Jerry and I have uh, we we generally expect at least ten different species in a, a typical landscape if you got some cover and some blooms and things, uh, and if you have a little running water, mm -hmm. recirculating water, you. You probably can expect about 15 different species here in the San Antonio area, so it's it's pretty fascinating, and it does a good job for the the birds yeah. and an animals yeah. too. But uh, now it's especially critical for their situation. And you got those ferals, those little cats. <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't attract many sparrows for some ferals, reason. Ferals, ferals. Feral. Oh, feral cats. He's, yeah. he's oh yeah. So familiar, he calls them ferals. <laughs> yeah, we're buddies. <laughs> yeah, Jeremy said that uh, I need to name the cats. Oof. You know, it's had five kittens. It's a orange cat, and uh, Jeremy said <laughs> you need to name that cat. Uh, we've been calling it the mother cat. Oh, Because yeah. it is the mother cat. Yeah. So we decided to call it MC. Oh, I like that. Okay. <laughs> so you got five of yeah. five young kids with Yeah. And somebody said, you got to catch those cat kittens and uh, have them fixed. We had the woman from the San Antonio Feral Cat Coalition on, and yeah, that's... 
Will they come over? And no, you have to trap them, and then, and then I don't know if they'll come over or not. But then, then I think you bring them somewhere, have them spayed and neutered, and then they bring them back. But they, they do it for a lower price than it would cost you if you went to someplace else. Or you can just keep the. <laughs> anyway, I'm not going to get into. Them. You know, uh, I've no. got a way to thin them. No. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't want to hear your Tennessee stories. About the <laughs> All right. Oh, good. Yeah, because I got an email, but I don't, I don't have access. I guess I do. But uh oh. Oh. What's going on? Talk right in the mic. Yeah, Dave. Dave's here with us. Okay, so um, this month, August fifteenth, Monday, a gardening essentials. Uh, class at the garden center by the botanical gardens we're going to have uh andrew lab labay the director of horticulture of san antonio botanical gardens and he is going to give a uh, an overview updates and a walking tour mm. of the botanical gardens so this would be a really good meeting to go to because you'd get a walking tour of the botanical gardens what it is at 12 p.m. from 12 to 3 p.m. So that's be Dra- a really good meeting dress to go cool. to. <laughs> dress cool, yeah. But you know, if you haven't been to the botanical garden in a while, things have really changed <laughs> over yeah. there. You know, a lot of lot of cha- changes in terms of construction and plantings and uh, uh, organizational structure and everything. They so. really have, and. Uh, um, I guess last fall he did a walking tour for the gardening uh, essentials class, and I went on that one, and it was he is very very knowledgeable, and they are really making major improvements to the and major replantings hmm. of the botanical gardens, and so this would be an excellent time to go get a preview of the gardens and I'll, have an and, expert tell you all about it. And where where is the information on which website? Uh, they uh, gardeningvolunteers.org. So go to gardeningvolunteers.org and go to the garden center at the Botanical Gardens on August 15th at 12 p.m. Noon to 3. Noon to 3. Expert advice. Yeah. Good. I'm glad you. So it sounds like uh, people are meeting again. This one's outdoors, which is good. So, so are you uh, planting tomatoes? Don't don't forget the mic. Thank you. Yes, I'm uh, planting tomatoes. I already have them in the ground. They're already about a foot to 18 inches high. And they're they're doing all right? They're doing fine. I've got a little bit of shade cloth over my garden. I have them in a a completely fenced-in garden Uh so that everything won't dig them up and eat them and whatever. (laughs) I had a a gardener that I was talking to just before I started talking on the show here. We were talking about... uh, if the those plants that were in the shade, this this was one of the few times when they were really outgrowing. Oh no, yeah. yeah, the the plants mm. that are in full sun. Yeah, that's a real advantage to have just morning sun when it's a hundred right. degrees. Well, I only day. have about five or six hours of sun, and about five hours of sun in that, and the rest is shaded sun. Uh-huh. And so I'm going to take my shade cloth down probably tomorrow because they're established enough to where they're doing fine. I've got some that are that aren't under the shade cloth, and they're doing fine, so I'm going to take the shade cloth down. You know, that would make an interesting little article on uh, growing 
tomatoes in the, the hot fall <laughs> yeah, because yeah. it is so different uh, in terms of uh, uh, being successful. Yeah, we're, we're all well, you know, I almost always plant my tomatoes in July, and I did again this year a, a little bit later than early July, but you know, late July I planted them uh-huh. and I got nice transplants. Um, but this has been one of the hottest June, July's I can remember. That's a record. Yeah, so, you know. So that's a good sign you're remembering, you know. <laughs> I am remembering. Some of us have a little trouble with that remembering. But, uh, yeah, well, I think we set a record again. Oh, great. Uh, yeah, June we did, and uh, I think we're Probably gone. July, July, because do, we yeah. still have August, all these days in August yet, we could still have 100 What do we degree. got? We got one. What, today's mm. the last day in July. Yeah, yeah today's sure 31st, is. yeah. yeah. So it's George Jetson's birthday. And we're already in, like, maybe second place for 100-degree days in the summer. And we're creeping up on – We uh-huh. might. this might break the record for uh, no, most 100-degree days. I was kind of hoping we could talk uh, Kentucky and Missouri in those states. To, we would take oh. some of their rain. and uh, If we could just pipe it down here, yeah. that would be great, wouldn't it? Yeah, we would help them out. That's the yeah, only reason we Drain wanted. them out and yeah. give us some water. Uh-huh. <laughs> Oh, that's a good All story. Right. Thanks. So cool. I also have some Oscar okra growing that's about over four feet tall and um, harvesting okra. And so it's doing real well this it's year. Soon now. It's Jerry, doing real well. Jerry, how, how, how long do you think the, the, the okra would probably, what is it, another? Yeah, it'll go It'll two, go to two months, September. It'll grow till it freezes. I pick okra till it freezes every year. Yeah, huh. it slows down. Yeah, the, the day length. The fall approaches, it slowly. Yeah, it'll it'll come on here in the next month or so. It always amazes me, Oscar Oprah. It doesn't matter how how tall it is or how poor the soil is. It'll have some pods. Yeah. Good-tasting pods and yeah. easy to harvest. Yeah, it's smooth-skinned and tender. I mean, it's smooth. It doesn't have any ridges. It's smooth. It grows fast. stays tender up to about... Six or eight inches long. You know how sad that is when you we got somebody here describing how tender and sweet, <laughs> sweet okra, okra is. You know, I love okra. I put it in almost everything now. Really? Yeah. If I doesn't matter what I'm making, chicken soup, I'll throw two or three uh, okra in there, cut it up, yeah. put it in there, and I always add my okra towards the it end of the cooking. Like that's what you Louisiana folks do. do yeah. It doesn't, don't you, you know, if you add the okra too soon, it gets slimy and, and falls apart. But if you add it. In the last fifteen or twenty minutes of cooking, comes out perfect. So <laughs> yeah, I tell I tell a story <clears throat> that uh, the la- I, I went out to the garden uh, and uh, I, I had about three or four okra pods, and I had some uh, lima lima beans late fall, <clears throat> and. Uh, so it really wasn't enough to feed the family. So I said, "Well, I'll, I'll just cook these up together." And so uh, <laughs> I cooked them all up, and of course, my girls would look at that. Thing. What is that? You know. <laughs> I said, "It's okra. You want some?" So I went in and got that, get a spoonful of that okra and those beans and whatever, and that slime you were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> came down off the spoon yeah. and uh, 
when I offered it to my girls, they left the table. You're <laughs> 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 right. It, 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 it's slimy. Yeah, it gets slimy in you that You just don't cook it. Just cook it till, just until it's done, and then it doesn't get slimy. No, I like I like to do it that way. Yeah. You like it slimy? No, I like Oh, you like it just cooked. Ch- chase the people away from the table oh, so I can <laughs> so eat So you can eat it all. <laughs> and I also planted my Vortex green beans again this year. Okay. I planted some. I made a mistake. I, I have a little garden outside of my fence, fenced in, Uh-oh. and I planted some, and they just kept digging it up. Every day I go out there, they, it sprouted, all sprouted fine, and was up about six or eight inches. And they, next day I go out there and they, what the deer? The, no, the raccoons or the oh. possums or whatever. It's a, it's in my fenced-in backyard, so it can't be deer or. Even armadillos, they can't get through a, fen- a privacy fence. The hell they I've never. Can't. S- you think <laughs> they you go think? No, I've I've checked for no, the deer. holes everywhere, but no, the deer. But I mean, the armadillos can't crawl the fence; they can no. only go under. And they I plugged all under. the holes, and there. I don't know. How, I you think might it's, have missed one. I might have missed one, but <laughs> anyway, they're pretty, pretty, t- pretty. But persistent. I see. But I ha- I know I have possums and raccoons. Oh yeah. So, but, so I planted these green beans inside my fenced-in garden, okay. so I'll get them going here. There you go. Anyway, my favorite green beans, Vortex green beans. They'll come up a lot faster when it's so hot. Yeah, yeah. They, they germinate. They, they germinate real fast, yeah. yeah, so keep them wet till they come up. And yeah, and I, I just... I, I swear that they, once they come up, they try to get back into under the soil. <laughs> I don't want to be out there in this heat, you know. So. Okay. All, All right, right, guys. Well, thanks well, cool. for the Thank information. You. Okay. Thanks we'll see you later. You take care. Bye. Thanks for coming by. All right. And that, again, that was gardeningvolunteers.org for more information on the upcoming event. 210-308-8867. I tell you what, while we've got a break in the action, let's take a quick break. And get you, and we'll be back in a moment. Two one zero three zero. Is that my imagination? Eight eight six seven. Hot out. It's not as hot. We no. start when we started the show uh, yesterday. It was hotter than it is right now. Really? Yeah. It's eighty nine. So I should be enjoying this. It's right? ninety. Yeah. Now officially ninety. It was ninety two when we started yesterday's show at noon. We'll take a quick break. Be back in a moment on nine thirty a.m. The answer. Now the dark days are done. And the bright days are here My sunny one shines so sincere Sunny one so true I love you And welcome back to Millburgers Gardening South Texas Where we're, we're pulling Trace away from his normal stuff Because he's got some good news Yeah, I forgot to tell you earlier It's okay We got a hold of some Belinda's Dream Yeah, that's a great rose Yes, it is Yeah uh, Pink well, How many you got? Pink. I think I brought in 50. I don't know how many. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Well, you know me. When I see something, I try to buy buy them all so nobody else can. And that's a popular one, too. I mean, it's Milton Proof. I don't know what killed the one I had because we didn't take any different care of it. It just kind of went kaput. Well, now I know I'm going to sell one. What's that? Yeah, I may have to get another one because we we liked it. Yeah, it's nice. And it's fragrant, too. Could you smell it? No, I could not smell it. I think Laura could. Could you smell your Belinda's Dream? Uh, <laughs> Calvin is, you do, guys. Calvin is rolling his eyes. Yeah, oh, oh. Jerry never did <laughs> smell it, but he pretended. He did. Y'all are olfactory yeah, we're deficient. In. We don't smell it as good as we used to. There you go. It's almost yeah. time for a fart joke. Hey, uh. <laughs> no, don't even, don't even hint. 
No, that's great. So maybe how many did you say? About fifty? I think I, I think I brought in fifty. And okay. I know there's still some out there, but where uh, are they? Are they over there? Yeah, they're by the, the roses. Well, let's, uh, let's okay by uh, the horsey. Let's uh, let's mention why they're they're so uh, important and uh, such a good buy. They they're fragrant, yeah. right? Well, <laughs> to, uh, to some, some people, some people some neighborhoods. say there's a, a, a whiff of uh, pleasant. Uh, <laughs> The other the thing is when, when they're uh, the buds are out there they're they're just like a floral yeah they're rose. pretty so they're, oh gosh yeah spectacular take a real light pink though yeah uh, also they're on root on their own root system I imagine well, I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure of that most of them are, are done by cuttings but they're and which makes them easy to prune and and they're very drought tolerant. Oh yeah, and uh, pest. I, I, there's lots of gardeners out there. I think just like me that don't don't spray them ever. Ever spray, That's spray right. insects or, or well, you know, most roses look sad during June, July, and August, and th- these look pretty good. So uh, yeah, they uh, that's a plus. <laughs> Puts one in the wind column. Oh, okay. The deal if if they if we have a rainy year, I know we've had a rainy year sometime. Historically. Uh, <laughs> I think that's probably like the fragrance. Thing. Yeah, it's, uh, it's not. Maybe they're fragrant in the rainy Black spot resist. It's not black spot immune, <coughs> but it it when it loses it, it leaves from to black spot. It'll live through it. It'll relief, which is a relief. <sighs> he loves that joke. <laughs> <laughs> Never gets old, <laughs> but it does. No, just kidding. <laughs> but anyway, the uh, uh, it it lives through it, uh, and I'm thinking it's uh, one of the uh, uh, the go the uh, the uh, superstar gold uh, the superstar roses, Doctor Doctor. Oh, Texas George. superstar. Yeah. Okay, I think you're right. Well, I know it's a Texas Superstar. I think it's in there. In Earth Kind? Earth Kind. Earth Kind. Thank you, man. So it's, that, uh, that needs a revival. Yeah. That where, was kind of cool. Where are you, David? Where is that, yeah, David. that program? Come on, man. The other, the other thing cool. we, do, we don't, uh, we used to emphasize more than we do now, the uh, length of the bloom season on the things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, with minimal, with some watering, uh, and a little bit of weeding, a little bit of mulch, you, you know, you, you potential to have an eight-month eight blooming period. Yeah. Uh, the, so. per, the prettiest picture I got of it was taken over at the uh, A&M uh, uh, garden that they used to have over there. It's past, Matthew. <laughs> the whole garden is past? <laughs> the whole garden. Oh, man. <laughs> but anyway... Uh, it's a good rose. Yeah, you can use it for a specimen, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. full sun, uh, or you can use it in the, in a uh, border or in a rose bed. Tough modern roses and uh, potpourri. Yeah, potpourri, right? I don't know what that no. means. Uh, <laughs> How does that relate? He, he, he to He thinks the, it's fragrant. It's, they put they take the petals, oh, and and put them in a little jar. And put them in in the restroom. That's called potpourri. Mm-hmm. That's French. Oh goodness! I I took uh, five or six 
semesters of French never never passed one of them. Oh man. <laughs> you just, just kept moving you through or what? No, I just kept going back to the, uh, the first one. I, did, I, did, I didn't do well at foreign language. Oh, including Latin and... I, I did all right in Latin. I was listening to There's something... nobody I, to correct him when he does Latin because nobody no. knows how to say it. <laughs> Uh, somebody was talking on TV, and they they used your Latin teacher's expression. Is that right? Yeah, and I was like, I, I, I must have been gone to Jerry's school. <laughs> A word to the wise is sufficient. There you go. So when is that? Uh, they're here now. They're here now. Yeah, they're here. Okay, and how, and what what are they in? Uh, three three gallon. gallons. That's that's good size. Yeah, I bet they are rooted on root, on root, and they can take whatever soil. Oh, uh, yeah. You give them. They take they're pretty t- tough. tough. I've never seen one with iron chlorosis problems or anything like that. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. Mary's buying a lot. No, she's, <laughs> she's carting. Yeah, I know. Oops. I mean, she's mostly running over things. No, those were bougainvilleas that were back in our uh, bougainvillea recovery area. Oh, okay. Oh. When they go well, out, when a little they go charity out, for broken bougainvilleas? Well, when they go out of bloom, we hide them somewhere where the girls won't water them. <laughs> and then uh, when they come back into bloom, we bring them back up front. You'll know this. It's like a vicious cycle. I meant to take a picture for Calvin, but I forgot. But Jerry was aware of it. I see all these bougainvilleas in the neighborhood, and all they have, like yours, are full. All flower blooming uh, bracts. Are they bracts? Yes. Yeah. All over. These are kind of green and have these cones of. Uh oh, why are you? Why are you putting your head you, down? You know how many times I've seen that picture in the last. Three weeks. Everybody, oh everybody no! Is pass. everybody bringing them in? Yes. Oh, That's no! What, I don't have that one. Are they an old variety? Is yeah, that the deal? Yeah. It's a it's an older variety. It's by I forget what what uh, company. I don't guess it's Ellie Cook. Uh, it had like flame or something in the name. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, we don't have it. But oh, okay, it, it, well, that wasn't that wasn't why I was asking. We just didn't. Calvin refused to believe they existed. Oh yeah, they, <laughs> apparently they, they were pretty. Oh, yeah, they yeah. are pretty. They're weird looking because they, it's all of a sudden this huge, big thing at the top. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I remember a few years back somebody in, tried to introduce a dwarf. Oh, that'd be interesting. Yeah, well, it didn't sell well, so yeah. I guess they stopped. Okay. A dwarf with those big... Yeah, but I'm well, guessing... It was, it was a dwarf and had large flowers. It still wasn't that one. Oh, but, okay. Uh, okay, well, so do I still need to send you a picture? Yeah, I'm, I'm interested. Uh, okay, Calvin. I don't uh, know I if just, I took a picture of it or not. Uh, there's some in our neighborhood. And it seemed to be an older it's neighborhood. It's already engraved into my brain. I don't need to see a picture. <laughs> okay, so I'll just send it to Calvin. Probably the same <laughs> one. It could over, be. Over and over again. And it was it torch? That was a torch. A torch? Oh, that makes sense because it's kind of got that flame on the. And then was it peeking above a, a, a wooden privacy fence? No. Okay. It wasn't that. Tall. This one was. Uh, oh yeah, this one was. You drive down. Uh, what is it, Ramsey, on the way to work, and you see it. Hmm. Yeah. I'll. Uh, Sounds, cutting? Ex- sounds exciting, Milton. I can't well, wait know, to see it. It's. I, you say it's leaning over a fence. It's above the fence. I don't know if it's leaning over, but it's above Is the fence. It close to the fence? Touching yeah. the fence? Well, close. Why? You know, he's going towards the cuttings. Uh. Oh. <laughs> I'd, get, I'd, I'd like to get a picture of Milton climbing that privacy fence no. and get a cutting. I'll put it in I'd, all about Milton. I'd be too nervous. 
<laughs> Milton still needs to figure out how to root a Texas uh, Texas Sage. Texas Sage. Yeah. 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 I left my golf cart in the middle of the road. So Go get your run. golf cart. Uh. Oh, and, the, and the, is somebody working on the white one? Texas Sage, the white Sinisa? Well, I... Theoretically? Uh, I donated it to a okay. growing operation that will probably propagate, but one plant has become enough for them to sell. It's going to take some time. Yeah. Years, in fact, before they, oh, probably yeah. before they could ever put it on an availability. Yeah, I remember uh, one of Jerry's old shows. Uh, she said I got I get to name it. Oh, good. <laughs> okay. I'd be better off with a penny per, but I, okay. I'll take the name if so that's all can... I get. Okay. Let's see. Traces. No, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking um, something. Uh, well, well, it can be a surprise. Something to do with the uh, people that don't believe in the bloom. Oh, ooh, poking the bear, huh? Yes. All right. <laughs> Great answer. Well, I'll help you think of something. Uh-oh. All right, go get the cart before somebody yep. has an accident. <laughs> All right, 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867, or toll-free, it's 866-308-8867. Yes, sir, did you want to say something? No, I was just wondering <laughs> where, where, where you were sending Trace. Oh, he's, he's, the, he got out of the, he, he was so excited about the Belinda's dream, he left the cart. Yeah. Blocking stuff. So that's, oh, that's a good find. Yeah, that is good. We haven't talked about that in a long time. Yeah. But, I don't but, know because we didn't have it or. And I'll I'll check. Oh, yeah. They're, they were unpredictable. Yeah. Uh, uh, when it when it blooms, I'll check and make sure it's a blender tree. Well, you're going to smell based it? Based on the fragrance? No, based on the. Oh, well. Anyway, I'll check. Okay. All right, 210 It's so reassuring to have Jerry's support. Uh. <laughs> All right, what you got there? I'll, I'll be glad if y'all can smell, enjoy the fragrance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we got to give him something that's really fragrant that he's not familiar with and see if he really picks up the fragrance. Are your uh, Fanic Flock smelling? No, might I'm, have a little fragrance, but I'm, not a lot. I'm, I'm barely keeping them alive. Okay, they don't. They don't. They're at the end. They're, they're well. They're at the end. I just, well, they got, they got some blooms, but they're not. It's not like uh, <laughs> there were new blooms. We like to wear, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, well, they, that's terrible. They uh, they dry out every other day. Yeah, they're 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 suffering a little bit. Oh but, yeah, but they are blooming. Well, mine, mine's too small. Oh, okay. You know that lady brought me some. Uh, yeah. Root, uh, uprooted some cuttings and brought them to me. I'll but send you a picture of ours, I'm, and you I'm can go, Milton. To... Would you please water those dang plants? <laughs> and he didn't say dang. <laughs> but anyway, uh, looking at Calvin's this week in the garden. Mm-hmm. Most plants communicate water stress by wilting leaves. And other signals before they reach the severe danger point. We were talking while you were on the. You were talking to somebody, I think, and uh, I was talking about if they're if they're wilting and uh, things like that, and showing the severe danger. They're showing a severe danger point from which, if they're wilting and the leaves are dropping. I don't think they're going to respond back. Uh, But if yours are not, and they've been planted 
in the last three or four months, get you one of those tree hugger sprinklers and put around them. And because uh, that root ball is severely dried out. I'm, I'm surprised <laughs> uh, Neil Sperry is, uh, I, I guess he's seen so many dying plants and this is the only time he gets uh, reports on hollies going down. Yeah. You know, we usually say, ain't nothing kill a holly except not watering it. But uh, anyway, uh, that's, that uh, wraparound sprinkler is a good way to ensure that your plants live. Yeah, the tree hooker. I've been... Uh, <laughs> I've been surprised, uh, you know, I used to, we used to recommend uh, drip irrigation stuff around around newly planted plants. And uh, I, Neil says that's not enough hmm. right now. Well, it's not enough if you have not Yeah, if not started, done it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what the thing the the thing we all often overlook on drip irrigation is that it is uh, is not just like Jerry said it, it's not a answer to an emergency water right. need. It's not. Uh, it's, it's just supplemental water. Yeah, you barely. See, you have to start watering it to develop the the root system that can right. utilize that water. Right early in the process when the plant is not challenged right and then it can get through the challenge but yeah start starting when you know the after two weeks 104 degrees that's not not the answer it's (laughs) not going to work and uh we always talk about how little water comes out of dip irrigation and uh that's something we need to consider too especially if you're trying to rebound from not watering yeah. and then thoroughly. Yeah, and then always, always like, we almost have to ask how long are you running it. Yeah. And then they, you know, when they said 10 minutes or 20 minutes on drip, that, that is yeah. a four-hour or six-hour kind of situation. Exactly. He ought to write an article on that, shouldn't he? Oh, that'd be nice, Calvin. Did you want to? I think I've written a few. Oh, I think. okay. <laughs> I think of planned answers. There's a lot of them, though. And and Calvin writes, hollies and viburnum are two exceptions. They are drought tolerant, but when they wilt or drop leaves, it's a sign of extreme stress. That's what Calvin writes. To the point, it's difficult for them to recover. You might as well kiss them goodbye. <laughs> really, he said that. That's a quote from Milton. Uh, no, not from me. I would the, never say that. <laughs> the key is to watch the soil under the mulch. Yeah, we, we we talk about mulching plants, but if you mulch over dry soil, you're not doing much. No, good. that's right. You gotta. In fact, it uh, wor- worsens the problem. Yeah, yeah. Because because yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, the mulch does does prevent some entry. Now, of course, if you've got four inches of rain, the mulch is not going to be an issue. But yeah, but if it's uh, half an inch of rain, the mulch can be a, a factor. Have uh, uh, we had as little as half, half, half an inch of rain? Seems like I remember two tenths. Uh, I don't know. Or one tenth. Three tenths and one tenth. <laughs> 
And people say, well, it rained last... No, it didn't rain. It didn't rain over an inch. Uh, the key to wa- is to watch the soil under the mulch and water the root ball before the leaves wilt. That's right. When the leaves wilt on a holly or viburnum, you're in trouble. And I got a feeling there's more people in trouble out there than we realize. Because uh, they've been thinking that their automatic watering system, sprinkler mm. system, doing the job. Uh, also, Neil uh, poo-pooed that the, those tree bags, you know, that yeah. they put around the trees and fill them with water. Are they call it alligator bags or something? Yeah, and it slowly waters. He said they're worthless. I, I think they don't put enough water on Oh. You know, so they, they, rele- work, they, they, they release it slowly. Yeah. But you then uh, they, they don't put enough on I guess the theory is that you're that you're getting more. Uh, well, it, it's just not the case. You're not getting more water there. You're, <laughs> yeah, you know. It's, but it's. I think it's supposed to soak in better. Because it's so slow. Yeah. yeah but there's not enough. Not enough. Okay. Hey, Sylvia is on the line at two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. 210-308-8867. Hey there, Sylvia. Welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Good, good. How can we help you? So I have two questions, and I both, I think, have been impacted by the hot summer and the lack of rain. So the first one involves chrysanthemums. I have chrysanthemums that are planted in the soil, and under in a normal year, they would bloom toward the end of June, at least by the first part of July, and then I would cut them back so I would have fall blooms. But this year, they just teased me with buds, so I didn't cut them back, but the buds never opened into bloom. So now it's almost August 1st, and I have not cut them back. So I'm wondering if I should just let them be and hope they put on more buds for the, the fall. Or if I should go ahead and trim them back. I think uh, the tall. Did they get the, yes. t- uh, the taller? Yes, they're about ten to twelve inches tall. Yeah, I th- I think I would uh, recommend that you go ahead and cut them back like you would. I think, normally. and I think that's that's what we did up up north. We did not expect that that early bloom like we get down here. Yeah, yeah. And so you just cut. You just cut, kind of. Controlled their height until, till you got close to the fall, and then you let them take yeah. off. So you're, it's not going to hurt the plant, what whichever you choose. But I, I, I'm with Jerry. I think you, you, you might, you got a good chance you might get some, a good blooms. Yeah, you, you will probably won't have as many, but it'll be close. Uh, How far uh, back would you suggest cutting them back? How far? Yeah. Not a, inch or two off just trim them okay okay now uh let's see i've mentioned it several times okay from neil sperry says uh this is the last chance to tip prune tall growing mums and mexican bush shade lightly to keep the plants compact 
remove flowers and buds from coleus, basil, and caladiums to keep the plants growing vegetative. So uh, another thing they want people don't prune back and end up with a big mess are those uh, Michael Mass daisies, those uh, yeah, fall fall asters. Yeah, fall asters. If you don't prune those back, maybe a third back. I was going to say halfway back, but, uh, you know, they need to be cut back fairly significantly so that the blue bush that holds the bloom will not, uh, will not be rangy, you know, it won't be compact. Yeah, Yeah. they'll be compact and they, they won't break open. A lot of times if you don't prune them back, They'll have a magnificent show of blooms, clusters of blooms, but then when it, when all the blooms are open, it breaks down the bush. Yeah. So you yeah. you need to uh, the same way you do with mums. It's basically a wild mum. <laughs> okay. So my next question then is has to do with fanning flocks. I have a nice like five by five bed that um, every summer is beautiful and they come back every spring. Yeah. So, but this year um, they haven't bloomed that much and at least three fourths of the stem from the ground toward the top, the leaves are brown with very few blooms. So I guess the first question is, do they reseed each year? No, no, they're, they're a perennial. Uh, perennial, they call it perennial flocks. Yeah, okay. And, uh, yeah, okay. but, uh, you, so what you're seeing is, a, yeah, what you're seeing is a drought condition. Yeah. Uh, drought and water. How often are you watering them and how? Uh, one, once a day, if not every other day, <laughs> if not once a day. Yeah, that's, that's kind of the way I'm doing. Uh, they're, they they need water. Yeah. But uh, they, I would wait till the temperature cools down, and uh, and we get a get this heavy rain, more than two tenths of an inch. <laughs> Melting. <laughs> I'll take whatever I can get. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Can you funnel it over to this lady for? Yeah, I'll send club? you. I'll send you some if I can. Yeah, put it in a jar. Uh, but anyway, uh, I think. They're still fairly green, and uh, I know, I don't think, I know they will come back when the temperature cools. Okay. And the so just leave them alone. Just leave them alone. Okay. Yeah, keep, keep watering them. You know, okay. the, for, for, in the long term, they're one of those perennials, too, that you you have to uh, uh, thin. Then, yeah, both, then the bro- yeah. So you you would uh, dig dig them up. I guess I shouldn't even talk about that because this, <laughs> you probably don't want don't want to do it in this kind of weather. But when when they're th- when they're thick and green and lush, uh, then at the end of the the season you you would uh, dig them up and make you know root, four root, plants, root yeah. sprouts, yeah. yeah, and that that way it keeps. That you keep renewing, you make keep making new plants, and you can you know make increase your 
the size of your garden bed and yeah. uh, works really well. The, those, so things, the, those things are kind of rare, so you want to take care of them. I started out with two plants many years ago in this bed, and I have not replanted, done anything, and they have just continued to spread, and they come back every spring. Yeah, that's good. Wow. That's why they call them perennial flocks. Oh. There you go. <laughs> yeah. They're beautiful, Thanks, and they oh. spread. So they're spreading with a rhizome. Do what now? How are they spreading? Yeah, how are they spreading? Uh, underground roots. Roots, okay. Root okay. sprout. Yeah. So when you yeah. when you thin those when you thin those thin that bed out, uh, you know chop chop them out with some some of the roots attached, and uh, you bring those up here to Millburgers to Milton okay. and Calvin with, and I. with 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 your names on them. Got there it. you go. Absolutely. <laughs> Because they sell them otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> they almost sold those other ones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> People were did. asking. I had to move them around. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Sylvia. All right. Well, okay, Stay cool. Well, we yeah. Your, your answer. Thank you. All right. We're going to take a quick break and come back in a moment. 210-308-8867. More of Millburgers Gardening South Texas coming up on 930 a.m. This is The Answer. Millburgers Gardening, South Texas, on 930 a.m. The answer, 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867. Kevin gives some advice to, to young parents, you know, <laughs> to, Well, children. goodness. Okay. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You don't remember this, huh? Uh, uh, Wasp and hornets that threaten your family's activities on the patio or garden. Can be controlled with long range, long range wasp spray, mm. but it's best if they can be ignored. So especially if you've got young children, just ignore those. The young, ignore the young especially children. Especially those horn, uh, hornets. Mm. That's gonna be hard to do. Uh, <laughs> they are generally not. Calvin, would you like to address this? <laughs> they mm. are generally not aggressive around humans. Oh, okay. And are a valuable resource in terms of controlling aphids, caterpillars, and neighborhood kids. Now, the problem is he adds all that stuff <laughs> and, and, and changes the Yeah. Start. But the, the idea, of course, is that they're, if, they're, if they're a threat to your activities or to your <laughs> pets or to your children, then it's re- relatively easy to control them with one of those... Uh, Far distance that kills sprays. them, Calvin. That's what, yeah, that's you right. saying kill those what? If they're a threat. If they're a threat. And uh, if but, they're there, they're a threat. They're, well, not usually. I mean, you, you Malcolm used. To, I mean, we, uh, yeah, no, he he. And many and there's many gardeners that don't don't fool. I, uh, yeah, I don't. Uh, if they're on my patio, I probably I'd, I'd take them out. But if they're um, Adjacent to it or 15 feet away or so, I don't yeah. bother, Ma- bother moving. Malcolm used to have a big nest of those uh, 
yellow wasp, or we call them yellow jackets. Ooh, those are mean. And uh, <laughs> they're right at at the on his entering his house on uh, beside the screen door. Well, in his, his shop, he used to have them all yeah. all over the top, top <laughs> and side of this shop. And they do control those webworms. Uh, I, get, I don't know if Malcolm's Wood came up with that or not, but uh, I've tested that. That's amazing how quickly, if you tear open a webworm nest, how quickly those wasps find it. That is. I mean, it can be less than three minutes. Yeah, y'all have said, I mean, you basically, you put the stick down that you poked into the, yeah. the thing, and they're there. Uh, so uh, one good thing for a long cane pole. Yeah. <laughs> I took I, I took some pictures of that happening uh, on a mulberry tree. It was, it was a small plant in a five-gallon or ten-gallon container. And I ripped that nest open, and bam, here they come. Hmm. And they didn't mind me taking pictures. But the bad news on that, uh, Calvin also lists hornets in that. And uh, they're bad getting cross ties, on the cross ties. They're ground. They're in the ground. And we had a a little little fella in our neighborhood uh, out there playing around the cross ties or whatever. And uh, he he got hit by a hornet because you don't see those like the, the no. big wasps. They don't have nests and they're underground, so there's just usually one or two of them at the entry hole. But there's more inside waiting to to get you. Just waiting for the news to. <laughs> and they uh, they stung stung him bad, and when that hornet stings you. It hurts. Hmm. I mean, for a long time. But <laughs> that kid is a teenager now, and to this day, he's scared of the hornets, the wasp. Oh, there's lots of folks that are to frightened. this day, and there's a lot, a lot of folks that seem to uh, attract them. <laughs> yeah, seem to have a have an issue. Yeah, and I I mean I just never seem to get hit or anything. I've got uh, quite a few of them on. On the patio, they're they're working. They work the blooming plants for, oh, for, for yeah. aphids and all kinds oh, of what, yeah. whatever's there. And uh, <laughs> so they just—it's kind of like uh, when I'm watering, like we have to be watering yeah. every other day. They they just kind of put up with me, and I put <laughs> up with them. And, yeah, they're good uh, predators. Yeah, of of insects. But uh, Malcolm and those. I would have to peck on the window. I said, Malcolm, I ain't coming in this house with a, with a wasp on that screen door. He said, oh, they won't bother you. I said, yeah. They might yeah. not bother you. know, it, it was such a, <laughs> such a, 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 a welcome dis- discovery. Yeah. Yeah. I was yeah. wondering why Malcolm kept him there. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's beginning <laughs> to make sense. Every year he had him there. Yeah. It's amazing. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Jerry wouldn't go in the house with him there. Uh, Wait a minute. Uh, <laughs> okay. And then Calvin talks about uh, also, and it's this week in the garden, yesterday's paper, 
Be prepared to apply a pre-emergent herbicide in August. Oh, wow. Well, we're almost there. Yeah, to prevent being overrun by winter weeds. And he ha- he has the nerve to mention my favorite winter weed, which is annual bluegrass. Oh. I didn't have any last year. Not- I guess it's too dry. Yeah. And uh, rescue grass, it's almost... No, no place do I see it either. I'm really, really right now. There's, there's none of the winter weeds. But, <laughs> yeah. But if the temperature, you know, but the bare soil is bare. Yeah. And boy, if we get some cool weather and some rain, uh, it won't take long for the the weeds to be back. There goes daydreaming again. Yeah, we're gonna get some. Yeah, it's gonna rain again. Someday. Someday. <laughs> I don't know right. if we have any plants left. All right. Well, we need to get ready to take a break. Or in, okay. We're going to take about a, a week break. Oh, About okay. six days. Uh, but we'll be back next Saturday. Yeah, but we're going to say goodbye for today. But thank you, everybody, for being a, a part of the show. Thanks for Al doing a great job of, uh, you know, helping out and getting the calls on the air. And thanks to you for listening. I'm Milton Glick. This is 930 a.m. The Answer. Yes. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.